I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power from the Spirit to deliver it. Thank you that as I back up, he's stepping up to speak to every married person in this room and those who are watching. And I thank you what the enemy has meant for evil. You've already begun to turn it around for their good. And I thank you now for signs, miracles, and wonders following the lives of every married person who's viewing. And I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that each married person will know without a doubt that your will for their life is to have a more than abundant marriage. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you're watching us, you may be seated as well. We are in our fourth lesson. Say fourth lesson. We are in our fourth lesson in our series entitled Unfiltered. And so if you're visiting us physically for the first time today or if you're viewing for us or with us for the first time today, we took the whole month or most of the month of September and then this first week in October to separate our church into categories. And so our nine o'clock services has been here to minister to married people. And then our 11 o'clock service is meant for singles. And so if you're viewing us and you're single, keep watching. This will be something that you can learn if you want to get married. And then if you are single in the room, stay in the room because you can learn something as well. All right. So today, if you're taking notes and you should have your notes uh, physically in your hand, if you're visiting us and if you're watching online, you can go to our version and download today's messages and message notes. But our message title is Faith for Your Marriage. Faith for Your Marriage. And I could not get away from this title. And so what I did, I Googled an old message, just go, I went online and I Googled messages that go all the way back to 2007 online on our podcast and I had a message called Faith for Your Marriage. It was done 10 years ago. And so today's message is not that message completely. It's actually a combination of three different things, that message, another message, but also what's already in my heart to talk about today. So... If you're taking notes, our first point is this. I'm just going to jump right into it. And let me just tell you up front, married people, that you're going to hear a lot of Elder Eben today. So just touch your spouse and say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. So I'm just warning you, okay? So, so don't get offended and don't tighten up. You know, they tell you if you take a shot and you tighten your arm up, it's going to hurt worse. So just relax. Look at your, your spouse and just tell them, just relax, just relax. Okay, so here's point number one. Faith is the key to a better marriage. Faith is the key to a better marriage. Everybody say, faith is the key to a better marriage. 
God wants the very best for our lives and he wants the very best for your marital relationship. And if you haven't noticed recently, the enemy is after marriages. And if he was after mine, he is after yours. Somebody say amen to that. But God has given us an amazing tool called faith that will help us make sure that we can experience abundant life even in marital relationships. And there are countless of times in the Bible, if you go through the Bible, especially in the New Testament, that there are individuals that, that we can read stories about that obtain breakthroughs because they were able to use their faith. One of the instances is found in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. They're going to put the verse up there. It says, when Jesus departed, two blind men came crying, saying, you, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on us. Verse 28 says, and when he came to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, believe you that I'm able to do this? And they said unto him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes. But watch what Jesus said. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Here it is. Jesus was approached by two blind men who really wanted to be healed. But what was interesting about the situation is Jesus, when they came to him, he asked them, do you think I can do this? Think about that. See, in our minds, we believe God can do everything and God can do anything. But let me just say this. That's erroneous thinking because God needs our participation to do it. Amen. And your marriage working is not just up to God, but it's up to you too. It took more than Jesus' power and anointing to heal them. He listened. He needed their faith. He needed their desire. He needed their willingness to receive their miracle. And in order for your relationship to move from one level to the next level, God needs your faith. He needs your desire. He needs your willingness to receive that next level. I can say it like this. Jesus could have said, do you want to be healed? I have the power to do it. Do you have the faith to receive it? And I believe that faith for your marriage is the missing link for most relationship breakthroughs. And I'm going to show you today that there is a spirit called the spirit of the world that is trying to, to, to take over relationships these days. And regardless of the shape that your relationship is in, I know you're smiling right now behind the mask. And that's wonderful. And I know you're smiling through the camera right now, or maybe not. But either way, regardless of the shape of your relationship or regardless of the biggest problem you might be going through right now, your faith in God's word and the power of his spirit has the ability to give you an answer to your problem. Do you know that God has given you and I faith to change it and maintain it? In fact, everybody say out loud, say, I have faith to change and maintain my relationship. Now, I'm going to read the message translation of 1 John chapter 5 because I'm going to prove to you that faith for your relationship is all you need. It says, every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. The power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Wow! Did you notice 
In verse 4 it says, every God begotten person conquers the world's ways. And here is what, listen, I'm about to say something strong. Okay, I'm about to say something strong. Because one of the main reasons I believe marriages are failing today is because we have allowed our faith in marriage to be molested by the world. I'm going to say that again. I know that was strong. I know that was strong. But I believe a lot of marriages today and people who are married have subtly and not even known it have opened up the world's ways and the world has molested the marriages. And the word molest means to watch, to listen, to make indecent sexual advances towards. That's one, that's one definition. In other words, the world has caused marriages, especially Christian marriages, to make, uh, have had indecent sexual advances towards. All you got to do is just look at the pornography rate. All you got to do is look at the cheating rate. All you got to do is look at the separation rate. All you got to do is look at the divorce rate. All you got to do is look at your rate. This word molest also means to trouble, harass, and torment. The only victory over the ways of the world, listen, is for us to get in faith and stay in faith, listen, to God's plan for marriage. And I know that faith for your marriage is the missing link. I know it is. And so today I just want to hammer home this point. So listen, if faith is powerful enough to take you out of hell and put you into heaven, then faith can save, heal, deliver, and better your relationship. I'm going to say that again. If faith is powerful enough, to get you out of hell, when you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says he takes us out of darkness and he puts us in the light. So if your faith in Jesus Christ has the power to take you out of hell and to put you into heaven, then your faith has the power to heal, save, and better your marriage. Somebody say amen to that. And the reality of the matter is this, Jesus has defeated the world and its ways, but we must utilize the key that he gave us that he used to do that. The Amplified Version of John's chapter 16 says this, this was Jesus talking, he says, I have told you these things so that in me, say in me, in other words, in Jesus, listen to what he says happens, you may have perfect peace and confidence, and let me just say this, this is why you lose your peace and this is why you lose your confidence in your relationship because you get out of him. The moment you allow your mind to start thinking thoughts that do not agree with the word is the moment you step outside of him and you step in you. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. He said, but in the world you're going to have tribulations and you're going to have trials and you're going to have distresses and you're going to have frustration. He said, but I want you to be of good cheer. I need you to take some courage, married couples. I need you to be confident. I need you to be certain and undaunted because I have overcome the world, Jesus said, and I have deprived the world of its power to harm your relationship and conquer it for you so here's my question how did jesus conquer the world and deprive it of its power to harm us 
How did he do that to deprive us from the harm uh, of our relationship? Guess what? He did it with his faith. So listen, when he died and he rose again, when you and I accepted him as our Savior, the faith that he had to overcome the world, and Jesus had a lot of faith because Jesus has to do some things that most of us wouldn't do. I mean, here it is. God just asked some of y'all to tithe. He didn't ask you to get on the cross. I mean, think about it. Uh, which one would you have? Okay, if God says, okay, you only have one, two choices. You got to pick one. Which one are you going to pick? In fact, why don't we just do this with a show of hands? Okay, if you're watching me online, I want you to raise your hand right there at the house. Here's the question. If God gave you two options, okay, either tithe or get on the cross and die, which one are you going to pick? How many going to pick tithe? Let me see your hand. Oh, that many, huh? We got a lot of tithes in the room today, Pastor Jay. It took faith in Jesus Christ to obey God for his life. But watch this, that same faith that he used to overcome the world and obey God's will for his life is the same faith he put on the inside of us. And that's why Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says, according that God has given or dealt to every man the measure of faith. So guess what? We are really without excuse because the, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of us. So here's the question, what's the problem? Look at, your, look at your spouse and say, what's the problem? Now look at them again and say, you the problem. Listen, church, you have to move. Here, 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 here's the gut of the message right here. You have to move from flesh to faith if you want your relationship to change for the better. I'm going to say that again. In order for you and I, if your relationship is going to be better, you have to move from flesh to faith, which is point number two. Point number two is this. For your marriage to get better and stay better, you must move from flesh to faith. Because, see, there are only two ways you can function in a relationship. Only two. Only two. And ain't that many options. And one of them is tied to God's spirit, and the other one is tied to the spirit of man. And those two ways is either by the flesh or by faith. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows... That shall he reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life. But let us not be weary in well-doing. Why? Because in due season we will reap and we faint not. And here's the problem. A lot of reaping that's taking place is because you've been sowing in the flesh. You say, well, Pastor, what does that mean? See, the flesh, if you just had to boil it down, is your way. It's your way. And here's the thing. Most people, most married couples have never tasted God and their marriage at the next level. Watch this. Because they don't know how to taste the Lord. Psalm 34 verse, verse 8 says this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, so you know what that means? You can eat God. Say, well, I eat God. You know, Jesus said, uh, they say, eat of my flesh. No, no, no. You can taste him. You can taste the seed. You say, well, how can I taste God? Watch this. You can, here's a take-home statement. You can't taste God until you trust God. 
You can't taste God until you trust God. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, most, most married people today never taste God's best in their relationship because, watch this, they draw back from doing the things His way. Hebrews 10.38 says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any person draws back, God says, my soul won't have any pleasure. And most people, they never taste God in their relationship at the next level because they draw back from doing it His way. And you know what that's, the, the, another word for that is called? Selfishness. Most people in marital relationships today, they never taste them because they're selfish. In other words, God's way has to become your way. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way which seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways to death. There are only two ways to function. It's flesh or spirit. Everybody say flesh or spirit. Galatians 3, 2, uh, 2 and 3 says, uh, this, and I'm reading this, I don't know what version it is. It says, this only would I have learned of you, receive the Spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, and you now are being made perfect by the flesh? In other words, the flesh, listen, means I am leaning to my own way of doing something. That's what the flesh is. So my question is, are you functioning more in the flesh or by faith in your relationship? You say, well, Pastor Evan, what is by faith? By faith is just doing it God's way. Amen. And flesh will always fail, but faith will always prevail. Everybody say, flesh will always fail, but faith will always prevail. Watch this. The new, uh, the NIV version of Jeremiah 17, it talks about the flesh. It says, this is what the Lord says. Who's talking here, church? The Lord. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on their flesh for strength. And when you turn to your flesh, watch what it says, your heart will turn away from the Lord. And that's what happens in relationships. People get selfish and then they start focusing on what they want and what they're not getting and what the other person is not doing. And all those focuses are flesh related. And you get to the point where you're looking at what they're not doing you looking at what you're not getting. you looking at what you want. you looking at what you don't have. I'm talking to some people in the room today. And you say, well, well, I'm not having it my way. Well, I, I never read that Burger King was part of the New Testament. He says, a person who trusts in the flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord, verse 6 says, he will be like a bush. In the wastelands, he will not even see prosperity when it comes. Listen, church, when you walk in the flesh in your relationship, even when good comes, even when your spouse does something good, you won't see it because you're in the flesh. Verse 7, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Notice it says it trusts. So guess what? The opposite of trusting in the flesh is trusting in the Lord. Everybody say the opposite of trusting in the flesh is trusting in the Lord so that's what it means walking by faith is trusting in the Lord it says but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him he will be like a tree planted by the waters that sends out its roots by the stream it does not fear when he comes its leaves are always green it has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit so here's the question how do you transition from the flesh to faith?
Because most of us, and those of you who are married, you got married in the flesh probably. Because most people got married before they met Jesus. And if they got married and they knew Jesus, they knew about Jesus, but they didn't really know Jesus. Because you met your wife at the strip club. Okay, so if you really knew Jesus, you wouldn't have been there to meet her. So don't give me this, I was saved when I got married. Oh, you were saved, but you wasn't walking saved. Right? I know that was pretty strong, but it's okay. Y'all will be all right. How do you transition from the flesh to faith? Well, you transition from the flesh to faith by trusting. Trust in what? Trust in God's ways. And watch what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says. I'm going to show you something. It says, trust in who? It didn't say trust in your spouse. I know you should be able to do that. But when you're going through turmoil, you can't trust in them. you got to trust in who? The Lord. Why? Because he's the one that set up marriage anyway. Trust in the Lord with how much? All of your what? Okay, so that means whatever portion of my heart that I, that is not fully trusting is flesh. I'm going to say that again over here. It said, trust in the Lord with how much? All of my heart. So if all of my heart is not trusting, whatever portion of my heart that is not trusting, that's the part of my heart that is flesh. And you want to know why. They're getting on your last nerve right about now. Well, maybe it's because that last nerve is on the flesh side and not on the faith side. Come on, say amen. Abraham, who was the father of faith, never staggered at the promise that God gave him, but he did stagger at the process. I'm going to say that again. He didn't stack at the promise. God told him, hey, you're going to have a son. But because he was 90 and he couldn't see God producing the promise at such an old age, he believed that God was going to do it. But for whatever reason, he didn't believe God was going to do it through his wife. And that's why he ended up, watch this now, staggering in the process. He ended up sleeping with his housekeeper. Watch what it says. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and call those things which be not as though they were. That's how you know if you're in faith. You call things that be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. So shall your seed be. Verse 19. And being not weak in what? Faith, uh, church faith. He says, being not weak in what? Faith. He considered not. He did what? See, that's how you know if you're in the flesh of faith. When they say and do stuff, if you consider it, you're in, you in the flesh. It says he considered not. So when they come in the house and they got an attitude, what you going to do? We might as well just go on and boil it down in the room right now, don't we? What you going to do? Well, let me just say what you've been doing. What you've been doing is you're going to get attitude back. Like, what? Oh, yeah, so you ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing either. He walk in the house. He ain't saying nothing. And so you normally be the one to be, hey, babe, how's your day? You, uh, mm, 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 mm. Talk to the hand. 
See, you know what you're doing? You're considering. The Bible says Abraham considered not his own body being dead. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He didn't stagger at the promise, but he staggered at the process. And that's what most married people do. They go through some turmoil. They go through some change. They go through some difficulties. And what happens is somebody or both gets in the flesh. And let me tell you something. Nothing from the flesh is good. You might feel good cussing them out. You might have felt good. And then it gets bad when you start involving their parents and stuff. That's not right. Why are you talking about their mama? Why are you talking about their daddy? Mom and dad ain't in this, right? But he was fully persuaded. And because he was, he was able to perform. So the only way for your relationship to thrive and move to the next level is to be willing. Listen, church. Listen, married people. Be willing to abandon the flesh and embrace your faith. Listen, you must lay aside every ungodly, unbiblical, unscriptural, unreasonable, unspiritual way of the flesh if you're going to do it God's way. I'm going to say that again. If you're going to walk in faith and get out of the flesh, you have to be willing to lay aside every ungodly, every unbiblical, every unscriptural, every unspiritual, every unreasonable because sometimes as married people, you can be unreasonable. Hello. Everybody look straight. We won't know who I'm talking to. So let's jump down now. Because Hebrews 12.1 talks about letting these things go. He says, since we've been such a, we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us. From the grandstands, let us strip off, lay aside, the new King, the King James says, let us strip off or lay aside anything that slows us down or holds us back. And especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. And then let us run with patience the particular race that God has set for us. So until you, as a married person, close the door. Lock the door, throw away the key from the thoughts of divorce, the thoughts of cheating, the thoughts of separating, the thoughts of quitting. Until you throw away that key, you will always have an open door of an out. I'm going to say it again. Until you close the door, lock it, throw away the key. Throw away the thoughts of divorce, cheating, separating. Because see, there are some people right now, you're on the verge of cheating. Everybody just look straight. We won't know. This is the danger of in-person. This is the danger of in-person, right? It's like, ooh, is he talking to her? No, you need to be saying, is he talking to me? No, no, no. You're on the verge. You're on the verge. And if you don't watch it, see, here's the sad part about people cheating. They blame cheating on their spouse. Your spouse didn't make you cheat. When are you going to own up to your lust? I always tell, that was too strong. Huh? When are you going to own up to your own demons? That's a better word, right? When are you going to own up? It ain't got nothing to do with them. But she ain't doing this. I ain't got none in five weeks. Well, what, have you asked for it?
Well, Pastor, I asked for it. She didn't give me none. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. The translation of that verse says this. Ask and keep on asking. <laughs> Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Listen, let, God, let the Spirit of God convict her. Or in some cases, him. I'm an equal opportunity pastor. I got to go both ways. Because there are some women be like, he ain't giving me none. Well, whoever ain't giving whoever none. You cannot have a thriving, flourishing, intimate relationship without sex, married people. Thank you for the claps. <laughs> now, if you both have agreed that you don't want it all the time, that's fine. At least you're in agreement. But if one wants it and one don't, y'all better come into a compromise. All right? Man of God can't do it five times. Two. That's a compromise. Two. That's a compromise. No, I'm going to tell you something. The best way, uh, women of God, the best way to frustrate a man is don't give him none. I tell you what, you want to frustrate a husband, then you don't give him nothing. And, and he ain't going to be no Boaz. <laughs> Y'all don't want to know what I thought about that. <laughs> okay, let's jump into this. So here's the thing. You, you got to decide today. You, you're going to obey God. You, you, you got to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to go the faith way. I'm not going to go the flesh way. Because the flesh way is going to lead to destruction. So how do you do that? Well, it's amazing to me how we use our faith for everything but our marriages. We use it to get a house. We use it to get a job. We use it to start a business. We use, to, use it to... We use it for everything. But when it comes to the relationship, we don't use it. Well, why don't you use the same faith that you got to get that job you got to make your relationship better? Say amen to that. So let's go to John chapter 2 after we wrap this up. John 2. This was a story of Jesus and the wedding. And this was the first miracle that took place. And I believe that, that this first miracle that took place was re for married people. I believe that was for a reason. It was the first institution that God set up with between man and woman in Genesis. And now here it is. Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding. And it says that Jesus, his mother, was at this wedding. The Jesus and his disciples was called to that wedding. And you got to realize whoever was getting married must really have loved Mary and Jesus because they knew they invited Jesus. Twelve more people was coming. It says, and when they wanted wine, they didn't need wine. They wanted some. Just like y'all. Some of y'all want wine and you don't need it. But they wanted wine. And Jesus, listen. Uh, and when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus came to him and said, hey, Jesus, they don't have no wine. And see, y'all don't understand. Think about this. What's that got to do with Jesus? It ain't his wedding. I mean, that's just like somebody coming up to you and you at their wedding and say, hey, we done ran out of snacks. What you going to do? What? <laughs> that's like 
you know, being at a restaurant. And they said, hey, you know what? We, we, we out of chicken. Can you go get us some? It ain't got nothing to do with you. Well, this had nothing to do with Jesus. But then he did something. He told them to go get some water pots, fill it with water. They filled it up with water, and he made the water wine. And then when they tasted it, it was the best. So I want you to notice a few things about the story. There's somebody in the natural, because here's the key to your breakthrough at the next level for your relationship. Somebody in the natural had to move in order for a miracle to take place. Did you hear that? Somebody in the natural had to move in order for a miracle to be released. Let me say it like this. Somebody in the natural had to move in God's direction and ask for help before the supernatural was released. And here's the thing. The devil knows He knows that in the natural, we have to move first, and that's why he keeps us in the flesh so we don't. There's not one miracle in the Bible that did not take, listen, that man had to do something first. Moses, for the Red Sea to part, what did God tell him to do? Moses, hold up the stick. When he held up the stick, guess what? The water's parted. The woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says she went and she said, I'm going to be healed. But she had to touch his garment. In other words, we have to go first for the supernatural to take place. And that's what happens. If you stay in the flesh, you will not do nothing first. And when you don't move first, you won't see the supernatural. And many of you have had faith. Listen, you had faith to believe for the wedding. You had faith to believe for the reception to be paid. You had faith to believe to buy the ring that you bought. But here it is now, years later, and you on the flesh side of things now because you're tired. Well, you know why you're tired? Because you're in the flesh. That's why. There's no such thing. Jesus said the spirit is always willing but the flesh is weak. So if you're tired in your relationship right now, you know why you're tired? Because your name is Mr. or Mrs. Flesh. So here's my question as we close right here. When are you going to make a decision to get from the flesh side over to the faith side? When are you going to obey the word? When are you going to obey God? Here's a take-home statement as we close. Without physical effort, there will not be any spiritual breakthrough. Faith without what? Is what, class? There. Without physical effort, there will be no spiritual breakthrough. And it's not until you make your marriage your personal faith project that you will see how awesome marriage really is. Somebody had to allow Jesus to show up to the marriage. Somebody gave him an invitation. Here's my question to you is, when you're going through challenges in your relationship, who's going to be the person to invite Jesus into the situation? Somebody invited him. And then after they invited him, somebody asked for help. Jesus, we need some wine. Well, how do you ask for help in your relationship? You ask for one or two ways. First, you ask God for help. And then sometimes when we ask God, we need to ask outside of ourselves. Maybe you need to ask your pastor. Maybe you have to ask your mentor. Maybe you have to ask someone who is spiritually stronger than you. But first, somebody allowed him to show up. And then they asked him for help. And then watch this. They acted on what he said. They went and got the water. Because once you do your part, you can anticipate your miracle taking place. So how do, we, how do we apply this? Here's number one. You have to abandon the flesh. 
Quitting can no longer be an option. You can't do that. So well, I just feel like quitting, flesh. And let me say this too. If you choose to stay in the flesh, all you will see is three words, corruption. And then you, okay, then you own marriage number two. Do you know the statistics on that is worse? What you need to be asking yourself is, would I really want to be married to me? Well, I already know that question. No, because if you wanted to be married to you, you'd have never got married because you're already married to yourself. So no, you don't want to be married to you. So guess who's the problem? Look at your spouse and say, I got a revelation today. I'm the problem. So every head bowed and every eye closed. You're going to have to abandon the flesh. You must embrace the ways of the Spirit. You must repent and go back to some of your first works. What are some of the things you used to do? You used to open the car door. You used to fix his plate. You used to have at least one serious kiss a day. You used to pray on the phone or before you left the house with each other. What did you used to do that you're not doing no more? I'm talking to some people today. You're trying to figure out how did we get here? You got here because you stopped doing some first works. You're going to have to die every day to your will. So, Father, we know that faith can conquer all things. And I pray that today their hearts were stirred up to realize that the flesh route will never get us to the destination that we desire. But if we obey you, if we stay in faith to what your word says, and if we obey you even at the expense of our flesh dying, we will see manifestation of your promises for our lives. And I thank you for everyone who's watching me today. And thank you for every couple that's in the room. I pray for a fresh start. Hold your, your spouse's hand if you're in the room right now. Father, I declare over every married couple a fresh start a new beginning your word says that behold you're going to do a new thing will we know it I declare a new thing taking place in every marital relationship at Word of Truth Family Church and those who are watching in Jesus mighty name with every head still bowed if you're watching me today or if you're here in the room if you died today here's my question are you sure are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven Jesus said, it's appointed unto man once to die. And then after that, there's going to be a judgment.